Yeah. Hey, yeah. Did you have to start? You have to cancel the other, the other shit yeah, you just guess, did. Yeah, I guess so. But um, so we just tried to record. We lost connection somehow. But um, this is a brand new podcast I'm doing. The Craig Mosher podcast. Brian Ladd, also known as Bug Out, is the first guest, and we're hey. we're testing out Anchor Podcast. So bear with us because neither one of us has, has used it before. I'm not sure why he keeps dropping calls. That's unusual. Um, but you know what? So we'll see what happens. It's the first episode, man. Like expect expect everything right. to go completely wrong, right? And then you'll be impressed when it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, you can go back and, and listen to like some of the first Joe Rogan episodes and they're, they're pretty terrible. Yeah, yep, no doubt. And he'll even admit that. Yeah. I mean, what would he had no idea what he was doing back then? He was just doing it to have fun, and now he's yeah. like, he's like the voice of the of the people, I guess. I mean, yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, I mean, people hate people hate him. You love him, you hate him. Like, you know, I appreciate the fact that he has some of the guests that he has on there because, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying. He he actually introduced me to, which is weird that Duncan Trussell out of anyone. Because he's, you know, you'd think I would know him from uh, comedy. But anyway, go ahead. I'm cutting you off. No, no problem. So um, we've actually done a lot of interviews together. You've been on my my show, The Graveyard Shift, a number of times. We've done other podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. So um, this is nothing new for us. But for this uh, format on this this app, this is a different thing. Because um, I'm not at WSC anymore doing the graveyard shift that's now on Mixcloud, and so um there's no studio to record at really mm-hmm. so i know a lot of people use anchor so i figured we'd check it out and so you have some new music coming out soon but we're gonna talk about that later on let's start um further back so for you you're i look at you as one of the first people rapping in new hampshire i mean breaking point came out with from granite state in 2006 but before that, mm-hmm. you had the Visitors album. Um, you were working with Static a lot. Yeah. You know, before before Show Off Records and everything. Um, you were you were really um, the first MC to work with Static. In in back then, even he was rapping. And so people don't. You that... know, what? that's crazy that you just said it like that. Because I I had never really thought about it like that. But like so I am the, the first. first to work with I, I am the first artist he's ever worked with. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. So, how did that come about? Were you were you rapping first, and you were like, "Hey, let's 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 try to record some." No, nah, you know, to be honest with you, I think uh, I was just b-boying like at the time, and I, you know, just you're into the music, the culture. You're writing graffiti. You're doing whatever, and just chilling. And uh, I think it was Static that was like, "Yo, we ha- we should be we should be a group." A rap group and i'm like what are you talking about because like we had all always appreciated um obviously lyricism and he thought because i could freestyle he was like yo we should just be a group static always had the vision from day one like and and this is in like 90 94 95 i'm guessing yeah yeah i mean we were real young definitely 94 i would say more 93 94 but like yeah yeah, in 93. But, like, he always was on that shit. Like, he had he has a business mind, you know, which is wild. Because he's like, when I was just having fun, like, I'm just rapping and I do it out of the love. He loved it, but he also had that, like, this is what we're going to do. Like, he was the one that initiated shit always. Yo, we're going to start a group. Yo, we're going to do a show. Yo, we're going to put on a show. Yo, I'm going to open up a record label. I'm going to do this, that. And, like, he he just did it. It's wild. Right. Yeah. And um, what's funny about that is like, I remember the other day I was listening to like a bunch of 90s classics and I was like, I've been listening to these songs for over 20 years. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and it's weird because for me, when I would listen to him, I just liked hearing the music. But like a guy like him, he was listening to him and being like, hey, I can do this, too. Yeah. 
Like he well, was that's, just a fan. Well, that that was me. That was I think I did that as well because when I when I started rapping, I was like, "Yo, I could do this." But like Static was really like he was the he was the one that went from went from I want a record deal to I'm gonna start my own record label. Like he's the one with that type of vision. You know what I'm saying? So like he always and you know what? It's good to have like since day one, you knew you knew we were all about like the culture and giving back because we found yeah. our identity in hip hop. That was our identity. And it still is. And like f- for us to find ourselves at that time and for that to help us get through the, to navigate through the trenches of um, being a teenager, you know, or being a young, young, yeah. young adult and trying to figure out the world. And then we f- heard this music and it wasn't like, you know, for for us, for us, it wasn't like, um, uh, you know, because we're out in New Hampshire or whatever. He's from Mass. We don't see, you know, we're not in, in some crazy, you know, ghetto, you know. And um, but for us, it was it was always about like this odd connection in like that shit. It's, it's tough to explain. It's just like it's like, uh, you know, you don't have a father growing up. You listen to hip hop and KRS one talks about real life things and you're like okay that's that's where i'm getting my education from because all school is doing is is showing me how to add subtract uh what is the periodic table of elements uh you got art class for an hour you got gym you know economics and shit but like hip-hop you know it's weird man it was like i don't know if our moms just like our family came from an era where they didn't like sit down with their kids and, and like talk, you know, cause my mom was like always working and stuff in a hip hop. Yeah. And like, I started, I immediately heard lyric, like I, I heard the lyrics, you know how some people be, are sensual listeners. And like, as a kid, I was a very sensual listener. And at, I listened to like eighties music shit, like Prince. And like shit like that, and I'd just be, you know, because I didn't know, like Rick James, Super Freak. I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about because I was wicked young. But right. I'm fucking dancing along in my living room to Super Freak. Um, but as soon as I heard hip hop, it was like, oh shit! Like I don't have to, I don't have to sing uh, chords or sing notes. You know, I don't have to go that or route. Or an instrument, really. Right. I mean, the vocal, it is an instrument because you got to know cadence. you got to have breath control. Like, there is definitely an art to it. And you do have to strengthen your vocal cords because you can you can ruin them. Um, and so, yeah, it is um, a lot like that. But it was but it was something that uh, I don't know. It just seemed right. So I freaking I, I got I got hooked, hook, line and sinker, you know, that's became my life. Like that. Now, when you got hooked, was there any, like, artist or album that really did that for you or a song that you heard where you're like, I have to do this? Uh, nah, you know what it was, I think? If I could remember way, 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 way back. Um, <clears throat> fudge. Was it, uh, fuck, man. Um, I know there was a single that I bought. Maybe it was Eric Sermon's Stay Real. Maybe it was a maxi cassette single, had an instrumental on it. Maybe it was, I was started before then. I'm trying to think of what it was. I want to say, I want to, I want to be on some dumb shit and, and say that it was Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. It was, uh, parents just don't understand. So what year was that? 80 something. And there was an instrumental on that cassette single. I'm pretty sure. And my nan had a dual cassette um cassette player and i would play it and i would and i would try to make up these raps about like sesame street shit like cartoons and sesame like whatever because that was just the the vibe man as a kid um yeah that was way way back but then like when i when i like the golden like the 90s boom bath shit i think it was probably it was probably eric sermon that's like epmd just always sticks in my head because that was the first uh cd my brother had hip-hop cd and like yeah yeah and that's where i got obviously that's where i got my start that was the origin was my brother 
um, and yeah. WUNH was those are the two. I mean, imagine having that introduction, dude. Like, like what is what is these kids' introduction to hip hop right now? It's Travis Scott at work in McDonald's. Not you know, make your money, dude. Get make your bag, no doubt. But like, bro, you're making like you're making it a mockery out of something we try to preserve and we respect. And I know he knows better. Because he, he is, dude, you can't be where he is and not love what you do. So he is an artist. And I agree, but like, dog, I'm digressing. I'm, I apologize. But well, you like, know what? While you're, while you're on the topic, honestly, like, um, this popped in my head like a day or two ago. Like, what if I've been, like, in, in, a, in thinking about a lot of conspiracy theories this year. Yeah. True. Yeah. And I was wondering if, what if they're, like, trying to kill hip-hop by just having all these guards that's dude yo i already i'm telling you i already thought that i've already had that inclination in my head for for a long time ever since the puffy era i mean 90 your 90s golden era kid is going to tell you the puffy era was like f that shit because we we weren't fucking with that at all and i and we always had the inclination like you're going to ruin you're going to ruin the art but if you really think about it I mean, we're talking big businesses own these artists. Like, like, uh, what's his name? I, I, I heard a podcast with, um, what's his name, man? Def Jam. Um, not Russell Rick Simmons. Rubin. No, no, not Rick Rubin. Um, oh, um, what's his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cohen? Um, yes, yes. I heard a podcast with him, and he was, he was bragging about, um, he was bragging about future and how that's the wave. And like, you got to do what these young kids want. And these young kids want this type of music. And I started thinking to myself, like, why am I like, if you go to what, to what's underground now, I know kids are more into that shit. The, um, the, uh, Davino Divino or Al Davino and like Bizza, a Bizza does a lot of it. Like, um, you know, even if you go way up to the to the top, like West Side Gun and them, because you know, technically they would be, they they are on that Travis Scott level. I mean, you're signed to Shady Aftermath. You're probably as big, you know. But they're keeping they're keeping true to themselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're not signing McDonald fucking McDonald's contracts, dude. You're that food is so fucking bad for you. And we just and they just keep finding clever marketing tactics, you know. I downloaded, dude. No, and and uh, I downloaded a meme today. Since we're on this topic, I will I will share. So I thought it was funny, right? I downloaded this meme, and it's of um, where is it? Hold on. Uh, oh man, I think I, I think I erased it, didn't I? I deleted it. God damn. Anyway, it was a meme of um, Big Sean. And it was, a, it was, you know who Big Sean is? Yeah, he just dropped a, an album, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that's why I was like, uh, so it was a circle, like uh, like a recycling picture, you know, with the arrows. And it goes yep. around the circle. And it's like Big Sean hype out of nowhere. Uh, put the next The next one is like Push's release date. The next one says, finally comes out. It's a mediocre album. And then the next one says, everyone forgets about Big Sean again. And it's a cycle that just happens with his career. But if you think about it cleverly, which they do because you're getting paid millions of dollars, that funny meme is actual reality for an A&R, for someone at the label that says, Oh, now's the time to drop. No, let's tease them. Let's do this. Let's do that. I mean, thing, things are, the game has changed completely, but the ownership has never gone away, dude. And people don't get that. And they're like, oh, it's a wild, wild west. You could put out your own shit, be on Bandcamp. Yeah, you can. And that's, and that's cool, man. But if you want like, like big, big money, like next level, next step up, you have to be in control of that shit. And labels are in control of all that. You know? It's fucked well, up, know, man. You got is, um, If you think about it, like, yeah, there's a lot of young, like, garbage rappers coming out. 
But yeah. the rappers today that we, we listen to, like, 20 years ago, they're still out there touring and rapping and making money. Yeah. Like, people are rapping later into their life than ever. Well, here's the Which thing, though. I Yo, definitely. But you know what? Um, that is good. But it also can be detrimental to an artist if he tries to come back out. Um, yeah. and If he tries to come back out and he's just not on point. Like, it, like if my favorite artist decided to start touring again, and he came out with an album, so we dropped an album, we dropped a single, and then he wanted to become relevant, and that shit is ass, then I'm, all that, all those decades of me appreciating that artist are out the window, man. Like, yeah. I know why you came back into the game. Not because you love it. If you loved it, you'd be, you'd be doing what I'm doing. You know, that's the only reason why I'm 40 years old and still right. rapping is because I am getting better. Like, I'm getting better, I'm getting quicker, and I'm becoming more, like, versatile. I don't, there is a few rhyme patterns. There are some uh, rhyme patterns that I haven't mastered yet. And a lot of them are, like, ones where that require you to, like, sing. Um, so that's been difficult yep. for me, but... But the art, man, like, dude, that's the only reason why I keep going, dude, because you know I don't make, like, a whole bunch of money doing this, and you know I'm not hanging out with, you know, important people or getting asked to go anywhere. I mean, I'm str still struggling to do shows, to get booked right. for shows. So, I mean, for me to continue to do what I'm doing right now is, like, it's more than what, you know, than just, uh, you know, what you would think. It's going to be the love. You know, right. So, getting back to the history, um, when did you first meet Ape the Grim? Because you guys just did together. You did Grimfluence together last year, and uh, yeah, I never heard mom. about how you guys met up. Uh, we met up through Static. And how did Static meet up with Ape? Hmm. Yeah. They they worked at um they worked at the dragway or something or stars. Ah oh, yeah, hell yeah, yo! I completely forgot. I completely forgot about that aspect of my life. So yeah, we used to go to the dragway and he'd hang out with um, what's his name, Boss Hog, and and then he oh, and yeah. then he met Abe. Remember, remember yeah. Boss Elf? mother, dude. That's you're really bringing it back now. So yeah, he met him there, and that's. I think I'm pretty sure Sack was like, yo, I know this B-boy and blah, 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 come to the races. So I went to the races with him. And uh, yeah, sure as shit, man. Like, that's, I'm pretty sure that's where I met him. And then he was like, yo, I got a school dance. You want to rap at it? And I'm like, yo, let's go. So you so we just started from there. High school dance. Yeah, like on tables and stuff. I don't remember. I, I don't remember it really, but I don't even know at that time what the hell was going on. That's crazy. So, mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever asked you this. I, I can't think of a single answer for this. Um, what's your yeah. top five favorite albums, do you think? Do you have a top five? Uh, I can tell you five hip-hop albums that I, I, I absolutely love. You don't have so, a top five, do you? Well, let me, let me think. It take me a while, man. Like, I would definitely say 36 Chambers is in there, right? Yeah. And um, I would definitely put, let's see, I would definitely put uh, Most Deaf, Black on Both Sides. That's like a dope album. And um, I would definitely put Gangstar, Moment of Truth. That's a great album. Yeah. Like, dude, that's, a, that's, they were in the pocket then. Like that era of Gangstar where they, oh my God, that whole album was incredible right uh let's see i mean that the last album they put out the one uh premiere put out like last year it was like yeah. this time last year yeah that it's was dope cool. i like it i listened to it again the other day and i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna put this in that's own. i put that on and i put the um tribe called quest last album because no oh, one yeah. really talks about those albums that's a it's like a hit album. wicked dude it is it hit really hard um, their album got a, a huge push, but I just feel like people didn't didn't respect it as much as they should. 
you know well, that's like the they sh- like today like albums they don't they don't last yeah but that's different you're talking you're talking tribe like they yeah. they're an exception to the rule you know they're not they're 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 tribe called quest they their album deserves a second third fourth and fifth list oh, yeah i think just just to even say am i mature enough like you know what you know what album did that to me was common uh one day it all makes sense dude and i and i'll never forget that shit because i didn't like that album when it came out yeah and then then i don't know five years later i listened to it again i was like it like was like a light switch and i was like oh my god i love this album and like you know it's just ironic that it's called one day it all makes sense and it actually did and like that's even fucking more mind-blowing yeah that's true so let's see do you have a favorite performing anywhere or like a favorite show that you've done live uh favorite show i mean of course the ioko is close to my heart especially now that it's not there anymore yeah um but i think one of the well the burn us open was crazy and i'm so glad you came to that oh yeah because that dude that was dope um that was real fun because we didn't give a shit and we were we were so on point that night and uh we were just having fun like we were so in our in the pocket dude at that point um yeah it was dope that was um that wasn't long after the ea sports tour was it i feel like right no no you're right we came back on a high and like, so what, uh, what can you tell us about that the EA Sports tour that you did with Static and um, Tribe? Yeah, that was the last tour um, for Tribe Called Quest before Fife died, and that was dope. I saw him every night, and not once did it get boring. Like mm-hmm. I even even the sets, some of the sets were the same because you'd see them that they'd vary, and yeah. they would do like I think three or four different sets. Which is dope because if you're yeah, following Tribe, you want to see something different every night. Or yeah. if you go to two shows, you're not getting the same show. Anyway, uh, that was dope. It was cool, man. Uh, it was a bonding experience, I thought. Um, you know, and, and Bamford rolled through, and that was just. You how, know, many, we, we, how many cities was that? Uh, I have it somewhere. Uh, I'd have to pull it out of my closet, but I don't remember. Like more off the 20? top of my head, yeah, yeah, it was like forty maybe. Wow. No, like yeah. Uh, hold on. Fuck, was it? You know what? I could be. I could definitely be over exaggerating when I said that. But now, when you're know. when you're doing shows like that with the large audiences, um, were you like really nervous at first, and then just not even caring about being nervous after a while? No, you know what? Or were you still after nervous every night. Well, it's just this weird thing, man, because, like, being being afraid and being excited are pretty much the same reaction of your body. Physiology right. is the same. So it's like, uh, so, of course, it felt it felt scary. I had, that emotion was there, yes, but I wouldn't pin it on being scared. I would say that, that like, butterfly, weird, tingly thing happens. But then sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes the setting just is like when I play the Middle East, the setting is just so comfortable. And this is what I wanted to do. My Like, dude, when I was younger and we saw shows at the Middle East and I was like, and I was spitting back then and I would think to myself, dude, we're going to, I'm going to be up on the stage. And like, who would have thought fucking the person responsible for booking the show's leads was actually a fan of our music. So that shit yeah. was wild to me, you know? And like, I'm like, bro, and not even, he wasn't even just, uh, I'm a promoter. He wasn't, he wasn't being a, I'm a promoter. I like your music, bro. No, he loves hip hop. And he's like one of the realest dudes that I've ever met in my life. Like Leeds is a great, Leeds is someone I could hit up and like not talk to him for five years and hit him up. And he's just like, what up? Like, he's very responsive. He, you know, he knows that he has to make his money so he puts on shows that you know he might not really be into but the kids love and that's and i can respect that 
yeah. but yeah doing doing the middle east it's it's not yeah it's not really that scary i mean they i think the craziest well no i mean i don't even know it, it was just the nights kind of and i drank a lot man i'm talking blacked out you know we all did it pretty much every night so that it's a little tough to remember some of the shit that went on but yeah yeah so that's the thing I, you know whatever yeah, right right if you, so um we're moving on to a, a little bit different topic if you had an unlimited budget who's the first producer you would call to get beats from besides static premiere or pete rock oh my god uh damn that would probably be the first right right that was, that was, dream album answer i know and then you're gonna get mad lib uh, yeah, you're probably going to get a good one. Yeah, just Blaze. Because, you know, like, oh, yeah. he's... Yeah. I would probably... You know, besides my boys, too, I would I would ask Bizza, DC. I would, you know... Yeah. I would go to go to my boys. Uh, I would also do, for, like, big, big name budget, though, I would, um... Shit, man, I might even do Dre. Is the budget... Are we talking, like, Unlimited, no holes barred, yeah. like... Yeah, okay. Yeah, then I would probably go with Dre. Would be dope. Um, I don't know. Who else? Rizzo. Rizzo. Yeah. Uh, that would be dope. Um, shit, man. Yeah, well, this, I mean, there's so many producers, though, that are really dope. But, yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, DC. So why don't we get to um, the new album? It's called All right. Yeah. Berkshire's. Yeah. Berkshire's. How do you pronounce it? I say Berkshire's, but it's Berkshire's. Okay. Yeah, it's like think of um, what's his name there, uh, Warren Buffett. He owns stock in Berkshire. Berkshire okay. and Hathaway. Yeah. So, what made you decide to call it that? Really, like, dude, honestly, just saying like bug out in DC or, you know, whatever. We all, dude, ever since I've known DC, we've always been on some alien shit. And, like, his name is the Midi Alien, right? Yeah. So, I'm out, I'm out camping. I took, it was a camping trip I went on over the summer. And I'm, and I'm watching Netflix Unsolved Mysteries. And they had an episode that was basically about the 69 Berkshires. And... I was I was watching it. I was like, dude, I remember this story when I was when, when I was a kid. And um hold on, hold on. I'm gonna finish this. Give me a second. Yeah. You, no, you can't. So sorry, my kid my kid's uh trying to drink a soda at seven forty nine at night and I don't think so. Anyway, so I, didn't, I didn't know um I just found out about the story. I didn't know that, that you knew about yeah. it way back then. Well, yeah, man. Like, story was on, and I, we were sitting and watching it. And it, and I can't kick the feeling that I knew this story. And I was like, where do I know this from? So way back, for some reason, that chased me down a rabbit hole. And I thought way back when I was younger, my Nana had these Time Magazine books. Yeah. that are like unsolved whatever time magazine put them on i forgot the name of them but if i find them again i'm gonna buy them and there was one about area 51 and i'm like that brought me there and then i started thinking like dude i wish i got a name the project 69 berkshire's i was like that just sounds like a dope name so i said i said something to dc and obviously dc is going to be with it because like yo he's all about that shit yeah so the so i had a song i had like one song done with him and i just said all right that was enforcers so we had enforcers done and i was like yo we're just going to do a project because the whole tom DeLong interview on uh joe rogan i had heard and then i heard of another one and then um you know anyway this shit goes on and that's pretty much the premise of it. I mean, we're alien fanatics. Like, you know that they exist now. I mean, and, and, and nobody's really making a big deal of it because they're making a big deal about everything else going on in the world. 
but like that's pretty fucking wild. Yeah. You know, like somebody, yeah. like someone in the government knows something, dude. Like that's to me, it's unbelievable. Like, what are we getting? Right. Are we being mind controlled? I mean, you could make the argument that like we're just in, you know, not not to sound like an idiot, but we're just an alien ant farm, you know, because of the because yeah. the group. But like reality, we could be, we could be a project. Who knows? I don't That's think it's like that. Saying, but... Like, um, like the government might not tell us this stuff because some people might not be able to handle the actual truth. Like if we're right, we're just uh, being farmed for whatever reason. Yeah. Farmed, huh? That's an interesting. That's such an interesting yeah. term, man. That's messed up. But yeah, and then at the same time, it's exciting too because we may just be getting technology. They may be our future selves. Um, you know, everything that we we think we know could be completely wrong too, which is wild. Like all the movies right. and all the things, and it's like, oh, they're 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 um, hostile. No, they're docile. Like. Like, what are they? We don't know. Um, and I just saw, it, dude, that brings me back to the, to the Annihilation, which is what I'm oh, reading yeah. right now. The reason why I liked Annihilation, the movie, which I'm reading the book. I know the book's better, I heard. But the reason why I liked it is because this thing that crashed on the planet, it was an alien, but it wasn't, it wasn't spiteful. It wasn't trying to kill anyone. And like it was just wanted to change things, and that's a weird concept. Like, you know, what if what if aliens came down? They're just like, oh, there's a couple of things you guys are doing wrong. Like, we're gonna change things around for you. Or ch- in that case, annihilation. It was it was duplicating the DNA, so it was mo- it, everything was molding into something, and just kind of molding together like. Um, like a melting pot almost like you threw a bunch of crayons in a hot pot and they all melted together. That's kind of what was going on, but they were like evolving at the same time. So it's pretty wild, but who knows, right? Like, so I just thought yeah. the alien topic, that's a great topic. We, we got lots to rap about uh, paying homage to DC who started making beats again. Cause I think the last time we talked, we, I was talking about getting beats for him, but we didn't get beats for him cause he wasn't making and now he's back. And then, you know, like, thank God, right? How would you say he's better than ever? Has he improved a lot or still just... I would say, yeah. Well, well, DC's a DC's a, a genius, like, when it comes to production. And, like, he will never lose that innate talent, you know? Like, he can just pick shit up whenever. And then all of a sudden he's making fucking beats with dope progressive chords in it and shit. And like where he takes you on a beat, like producers are dope. I love certain producers. They make me feel a certain way. A lot of them do very creative things that you can hear with like, whether you're using an MPC or an ASR 10 or whatever. I hear that. I can hear certain, I can pick out when certain things are sampled from what, and, but DC, he orchestrates it. You know, he gives you a beginning. He gives you a four, you know, sometimes he'll give, he won't. But he likes to like play with bass lines and, and bring out certain mids of a melody that not a lot of people do. They like the choppy flip, you know, bangers with the boom bap. And like DC does that, but he'll give you almost like a symphony feel to it, you know? Yeah. And that's what you're going to hear on the, on the, on the 69 Berkshire's album. It's very, you know, the first song where it comes in, it's just like alien noises and then I have that sample and then it, and then the baseline comes in. And then when I start rapping, it breaks back down again, you know, like yeah. that's fucking genius shit. Producers I, don't be doing that shit. They go, Oh, here's the beginning 16 bars. Here's a hook, 16 bars. Here's a hook, 16 bars. Like now nah, dude. now it's two twenty fours with a, that's what I'm into. Or I'll do, I'll do 324s, but people don't want to hear me rapping like that. You know, but shit, man. I think he's um, like everyone knows he's a really good. It's a lot better. Like most people don't give him enough credit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, I I feel like that about all of us. 
to be honest, about you, about me, Ape, Ape, DC, um, Myth, you know, like, we're old, we're older cats, and, like, we haven't even got our just due yet. And we're only getting better. Like, we're such an anomaly right now. I don't understand all of us. But, like, dude, I, don't, I can tell you right now, I don't think Ape will ever go whack. Like, I don't think he, he could ever go whack. Right. And, like, he's just that – he's that consistent. And, like, he may he may get to a point where he's like, yo, I, I'm going to step back from doing this. I don't want to write anymore. But as long as he's writing, as long as he's making songs, he's constantly pushing himself. And we're, and we're educating ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're students of this of beautiful art, you know? Yeah. We'll always be students. I never want to be the master, dude. I, I always say that. I never want to wear the crown, and I never want to be the master at something because then you plateau. Mm-hmm. I'll always be down to help people. Like, I'll be someone's mentor. For sure, but I but I'm not gonna. I'm always a student, and I'm never want to be the king, dude. I'll be the first on the front line. Like if someone, if, you know, Statics ever wants me to battle someone, you know, it's like me and Ape will get them. You know, I've done it. I've done it in New York, yeah. but like, you know, that's not really. I don't. I ain't really trying to wear that crown. I just want to make some money, live a good life, and put out great, memorable hip hop. Yeah, the shit that people want to hear. You know. So the the new project it has five songs. When do you think it'll be out? Uh I'm shooting for the end of October. Yeah. But things got things got a little tricky for me. Um only because I'm moving back down to the seacoast and like everything got pushed around. But the money is there and I just need to book the time and we and we should put it out. But I'm thinking too, maybe I should save up a little bit and do vinyl. Do like a small 50 to 100 maybe 50 probably 50 pieces of vinyl yeah and just do i I could talk with uh you know i have a couple friends that put up vinyl so talk with them but like it is a special project man it is something that people it's going to recognize because you're going to have that granite state feel yeah um listen to me sell my soap right now dude i'm selling soap no, no, it has that Green Estate feel. You have the progressive chords of DC and the incredible boom bap styling. You got DJ Myth who who gives you that that raw scratch pickles vibe, that good DJ shit, that real fucking cut the fucking record up. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. like static super clean. Static cut the static's cut. Static has his own cut. <laughs> and that for a DJ is is that's the pinnacle. When you have your own cut, yeah. Like when you just get on when static gets on and does his cut that he does, you fucking know it's static. There's no doubt. Right. You know? Um, but Myth got that raw, that fucking he'll do tons of crazy ass tricks and shit. And yeah. So you got him, you got DC with the melodic, you got me with the verses, and then we got LB on it, and I got uh subtext <laughs> on it. Yeah. So two beasts from two different, you know what I'm saying? Two different areas. Um, it's going to be dope, man. Like, I really, I think the song with me and LB is, is important. You got that song. That's the important song. I got Enforcers, which is just me spugging the fuck out. So, I I'm like the, yeah, I like I'm excited for song. it. Yeah, the intro. Yeah. Yeah, I crushed that shit. So, I was happy with the lyrics too, because you know. Yeah, it's very. I solid, tried to use it. Very solid project. Um, the songs are all pretty, hey. pretty deep. Like um, people can listen to these songs and catch stuff on them like ten years down the road. Oh yeah. Just but like, that's just like dude. That's stuff. like that. With, yeah, I was gonna say that. That shit is all my stuff. I mean, I'm still hearing shit that I can catch, and that's weird, man. Because like I'll be right sometimes. Sometimes I write music and, uh, bro, I don't even know what I say half the time. It just comes out of me. And then I let, then I forget about it because I won't perform the song. Like, bro, I make music I forget about a lot because I just, I'll, I'll put it, I'll write it in like an hour and I'll record it and that's it. And I just put it away and like. Right. So, but you, so you don't listen I have, to your older stuff very much? No, nah, not usually. Sometimes. Sometimes I'll pull it out. I got Spotify, so I'll fucking 
give give myself a few lessons but like for the most part i mean i don't want to because i just want to focus on the next one like when yeah when i when i retire or when i die like then would be a good time well obviously not when i'm dead but like when i retire or slow way down then it can kind of go through in chronological order and and kind of follow my life to where it's it's gone yeah um but shit man it, it's tough man because i was telling you today it's like my ego plays tricks on me and i absolutely love what i do but i also feel burdened by it a lot of times and it's a fucking it's a thorn on my side you know because it ain't I'm, it ain't paying bills and i wish it would and they it could if we did you know if it was done a certain way if people understood what I was trying to do more and it caught on on a vast level, people are like, yo, here's a 40-year-old dude who's basically not giving up until the door is pretty much open and he's not, and he's only getting better. Right. You know, like my return around on, on, on verses is quick within, within the hour, you know, songs are done. Songs are done in the day. Well, plus here's something like, I've, I've told you this a million times is like, if other people realize this but when you listen to you on different projects you sound different a, a little bit different on every project or like on, yeah on a, well on I, guest verse you always like drop a different style yo that's because people be giving me beats that i would normally choose because you're, you're that and they say though. yeah yeah but people are like you'll bug out would sound dope on this and i love you guys out there that that hit me up for shit but like, bro, that's not my pocket flow. Like, you know, send me something around 84 BPMs and like make it really hard stabbing fucking kicks and, and banging drums. And like then, then I'm in my pocket all day. Like when I told Biza, when I uh, we talked about doing back in this bitch, and you know how it's just boom, boom. Oh, yeah, boom, that is kind of a like mess, huh? for you. Yeah, man, like that's a good, that's a pocket flow. You know, what's my why? The reason I'm, yeah, that's a, that's you know, like that's a fucking. But yes, people be giving me shit. And I like, I love a challenge, dude. I'm not going to go know the beats whack, dude. I'm going to go, oh, like this is going to be very difficult for me to rap on. Let me try it out. You know, yeah. like I did that stuff with Aristotle Jones. I don't know if he sent you that shit. No. But I like that was a different flow for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, I'd be doing, dude. I got tons of fucking music, like out there into the ethos. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was listening to um the Unfound Chapter the other day, and like I I forget about some of those, how good they are. Like Impossible yeah. is a really great song, but it's like no one brings that up when they're talking about a good song of yours. But um, yo, Impossible, yo, Ryan, my boy Ryan from the Minor Scale played the guitar on that song. And he just, I just talked to him the other day. He's helping me look for an apartment because the place I, I kind of get fell through. But bro, like that song is really, that's it. That could be, that's a very, that would probably be, that's a very commercial song, bro. Yeah, like I that's agree. a commercial song. There's no question about it. Like, and I'm not saying that in a derogatory way, like saying commercial songs are very basic and whatever. I'm basically saying like, it's, it's got all the tonality of a song that would be universally accepted in the media. Like, like the beats dope. Um, the verses are very inspiring, which I was on that shit. I mean, now I shed that part of me. I mean, I love being inspirational to people and I, and I still search for it myself, but like now I'm, I'm, my main thing is to try to be even keeled, you know, like just to, instead of, instead of, instead of being, borderline arrogant you know like in impossible they said it could have be done i guess i'm doing the like like that's slightly arrogant i want to shed that and i just want to be i want to follow my truest higher self like like mm. the path of my highest self if i can do that whatever that may look like then i, I gotta do it you know like it would i would be doing a disservice to god and to the universe and to the people before me, you know, and maybe, maybe hip hop is it. Maybe I laid my groundwork of what I'm going to lay. And then like 10 years after I'm dead, someone finds it and then like, holy shit, 
you know, and yeah. then my kid gets it, my kid gets the hookup, whatever. You know? So, well, uh, I'll throw out a few more questions to you because yeah, um, yeah. It, it's about forty-five minutes in so far. But um, what's a song of yours that you think you slept on that like you recorded and you're like, this song is is the shit, and like you thought more people would like it? Uh, honestly, um, well, that God bless the child song is like my one of my favorite songs. And I jokingly put it on Bandcamp for like ten million dollars or something dumb, like the oh, most yeah. money you could have. Remember that shit? Because, yeah. but honestly, but honestly, that's my. If I had to pick one song that it just the era that I was the, the time that I was, which was in like a couple was like a few years ago, or whatever. It was not long ago, and that era though, I was like really finding myself again. Because I had just moved out of my house. Yeah. And like the divorce and stuff in my ex. And, and I was finding who I was again. And I had the ASR 10. And I was doing, I was doing, I think I had done Bug Naf. And I was just starting to get a little more traction. And, uh, I mean, Twizzlers. That's kind of, hold on. That was loud. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. My bad. So, no, but, I mean, I, so, yeah, um, I saw what you went through. I mean, you really, um, you had a really rough time. Right. And then you kind of just dug yourself out. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, fortunately, I rose again like the phoenix. And uh, as as one would normally, I mean, I don't think too many people don't come out unscathed. But uh, some people come out of a, of a divorce with no real education. With no nothing, like you didn't learn anything. You still think your ex is the one that was responsible for all the bad stuff. You know, right. it's like you got to take full credit for everything. At the very least, take 50% credit. And I had to sit with myself and do that. And that's where the meditation came in. That's where the shedding of the of the ego, trying to. But it's difficult, man, because sometimes I want to talk my shit. I don't want to get rid of all my ego, just the bad parts of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so so would you say you have a favorite Granite State track? Uh Granite State track, I would probably say uh, and then after while you think about that, after your favorite solo track. Revenge remix. Ooh. Yeah. That's a good one. That's, that beat's so dope. And then DC did the stabs. That was good. I like that because DC came to us and was like, yo. I got a beat for, for Revenge Remix. I'm like, we're not doing Revenge Remix. He's like, no, we're doing it. And I was like, yo, let's fog it. And I heard the beat and I was like, son of a bitch, that's good. So, and you know what? It's funny you mentioned that one because it's like really hard to find now. It's, dude, not, remember on, when, it's D- not on streaming. It was on the I know. mixtape. Yo, DC is the best because he will hit you up. Like when we're working, he, he can, and he has your vocals. Like we used to record at his crib or whatever. He's the best because that motherfucker will hit you up out of the blue and be like, oh, I got a new beat for this. And it'll just play you something new with your lyrics over it. And you're like, what the fuck, dude? That's way better. Like, yeah. he sits with shit. He's, he's like that, man. He's like I am when it comes to writing. I can push right, like, written shit out mad quick. But I'm still thorough with it. Like, I still dissect things. I don't just rap just to rap, you know, because that's dumb shit. Like my all my shit's like really intricate, man. Like when I, I think about know. DC, my favorite DC tracks would have to be um, what is it? Clean Conscious from East Coast Avengers. I oh like yeah, that. I like um, Second Nature with Doug and. You don't like Hey America? That's a good one. Hey but, America. Um, and then uh, Land of the Free, term. Home of the Free. Yo, for real. What song? What, what's term, your favorite? Uh, my life at the gate song. Uh, isn't it the best? I love that beat, yo. So for you, That's... is there a, is there a DC track that is your favorite that you didn't? Dude, the on? the term the my life joint is is. That's so good. Because I I remember when they were putting the project out, and I remember hearing that song. I think that was the first song that DC had played, and I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, yo, I want that beat. Why didn't I get that beat? You know, now, because was, DC, well, DC knew, I think Term was already in the works of, of working with Premiere or something. 
Oh, and yeah. and DC was like, yo, this this gotta go. And it did, and it worked. And like DC got um I don't know if I think that opened the doors for him and Brick Records. So Esoteric, Army of the Pharaohs, and like really perpetuated DC's, yeah. you know. Um The dudes I- work with Vinnie Paz, yo, and Esoteric and like well, like fuck dude, that's huge. Yeah, if you look at DC's Airwaves album, it's insane. The, the people on yeah, it. yeah, man, it's fucking wild, yeah. I was trying wow. to think today, like, what came out first? Was it the Breaking Point, or did Out the Gate come out like the month before? No, Out the Gate Gate came out after a year after, I think. No, I mean, no, it was because it was the Breaking Point and Out the Gate. Like one came out, and then the next one came out the next month. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... Shit, like yeah, now I, now I remember. Now I remember because we had snipes with yeah, both. Were, both albums were on the back. I'm out the gate came out after. It came out after because I remember because we had term term is smart. And I don't know if he realized this, but maybe he did. Because we had him on um starting lineup. Yeah. So when we were pushing the Granite State project, it was like featuring term and term already had his own buzz anyway. So like that just helped. That really helped seal the the show off thing. What we were doing was because it was like a show off thing. Yeah. But man, those two albums were great, no doubt. Like that was a dope era. DC is still. I mean, I have yet. I'll be honest with you. I don't think DC has made his best beat yet. No. And I think that. And I I think that he hasn't. He hasn't. met his lyric match yet either. I Ooh. think he's still I think he's still gonna work with like somebody really big. Probably. Like big big. Like he deserves like a stat like like um I don't know. He I bet he could you know what I'd like to hear West Side Gun and Conway over a DC beat. Yeah, that'd be really good. I bet because you know because um I met what's his name there their producer um, Derringer. I met him at a show, and we had chilled, and we were talking, and he gave off that kind of DC, like vibe, that creative producer vibe. And I'm like, man, uh, artists, uh, artists love working with that vibe. So it's like you could tell, you could tell why. Yeah, I think um, the recording stopped. We're we're on a new recording, so. Oh, it's all good. All right, we'll wrap it up, man. I gotta go. I gotta get my kid to bed. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh, I don't even know if that last question um, went through. Yeah, if you can stitch them together, we'll... yeah, we we can stitch it together. So um, let's end with this. What's a good piece of advice you have for anyone having a rough time in their life? Um, piece of advice. Jeez, what have I been doing? <laughs> Make sure you're eating. Make sure you're eating. Make sure you're drinking enough water. Um, I literally just heard someone make, say that on a podcast, like today or yeah. yesterday. I forget who. Um, be, before you, yeah, before you fall too deep into the hole, just do do a few things. Eat something, take a drink, and then think of something completely unrelated. And if that doesn't work, then just buckle down and. and get through it all right well that's a good way to wrap things up thanks uh bug out for joining yeah, the show yeah. we'll see if we can uh stitch Thank this you, together man. and it'll work unlike the last part that was attempting to do so yeah man. hey mental mental health is number one yeah definitely all right man i'll talk to you peace all right thanks a lot bye
Yeah, I think um, the recording stopped. We're we're on a new recording, so. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh, I don't even know if that last question um, went through. Yeah, we we can stitch it together. So um, let's end with this. What's a good piece of advice you have for anyone having a rough time in their life? <laughs> I literally just heard someone say that on a podcast, like today or yesterday. I forget who. That's a good way to wrap things up. Thanks, uh, Bug Out, for joining the show. We'll see if we can uh, stitch this together and it'll work, unlike the last podcast I was attempting to do. So, yeah, definitely. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye.